You bring your Bibles this morning? Hallelujah. We've been sharing. We're going retro. I'm actually using the original PowerPoint. And the first iPad ever created. And uh, so we're using that this morning, but uh, also we're going back to our Bibles, encouraging you. I just, I just find something that's so exciting with that when I, I carry a Bible, and so that, that God speaks to me, and then I look at it, and every time I open it, I have all the places marked where God and I have fellowship together in His Word. Amen. So something powerful about your Bible. But say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I am empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you in these next few moments we have together that you will move in our lives by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. You are the one who has promised to be with us as our teacher, our comforter, and our guide. So we give you control of this service. We ask for you to bring clarity, insight, and understanding into our lives. In Jesus' name, somebody said? Amen. Amen. Yes, we want to put Christ back in Christmas and the Holy Spirit back in the church. Praise the Lord. So that's where he belongs, and uh, as we uh, get into this this morning, I'm just going to read something that I wrote a couple years ago in the form of a prayer, and I wrote it out like this. Father, we invite your precious Holy Spirit into our midst. For too long we have treated him as we have been treated ourselves at times, for we all know what it's like to enter into a room and not be recognized. To be recognized but not be acknowledged, to be acknowledged but not be engaged, to be engaged but not be encountered. To be encountered but not be embraced. To be embraced but never be fully accepted. Holy Spirit, we want to recognize you. We choose to acknowledge you. We desire to be engaged with you. Our hope is to encounter you, fully embracing all you are to us and completely accepting your will as our own so that we might bring glory to the Father through your power in our lives and giving you your rightful place in our lives, our homes, and in our churches. Holy Spirit, we need you and your presence in every area and aspect of our life. We need the fruit of regeneration working from the inside out. We need the empowerment of your baptism to equip us to be the witnesses we need to be for our Lord. And we need your guidance into all truth in a day when truth is constantly being radically redefined. We need your comfort in times of trials, your peace in times of storm, your joy in times of sorrow, your strength in times of weakness, your patience and self-control in times of testing, your wisdom to guide our decision, and we need your love to always to protect our heart. Holy Spirit, we need you at all times. Can you say amen? Amen. So we've been in this series that we started, and I'm encouraging you, if you miss any of our services, as we said, on our website, you can listen to the podcast, but you can also, and I do it every now and then, self, I listen to myself preach and then critique my message. Amen. And then I go, man, I can't believe I said that. That was really good. Where did that come from? Praise the Lord. And uh, so anyway, but if you have a smart TV, you can actually put, and you can get uh, YouTube on your TV. You can watch the videos that we post from these services. And they'll, on the YouTube channel, just put in Solid Rock Face Center. Or you can do it from the, the uh, Facebook page and that. But you can get caught up and, and be... Um, 
be up to speed with everything we've been teaching on this. So this is the third lesson that we're teaching on this. Let me just throw in something here. On December 16th, we're doing our Christmas program, both services, and our kids are going to come over and join us and sing in a choir, some songs with us. We have a special message, and it ties into what was read on Advent. And uh, really, the declaration of Christmas was, the light has come. I mean, no, the announcement of the Lord Jesus Christ was a star, and God brought light and, and light to that. And when people start thinking about Christmas, look at all of our decorations. Everything's got lights on it. So everything about Christ coming is light. And they read, he was the light of the world. Amen? So Jesus came to bring light. So that's our theme this year for our Christmas service on the 16th, and uh, we're excited about that. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, uh, just before I dive into this, and I asked a question in first service, there's so many things when we think about church that we think are necessary to have a church service. It's nice to have a building, nice to be inside where we can condition the space. Amen, that's cool. And uh, it's nice to have everybody be able to hear me. We have a sound system, we have that. We have good music, amen, that's awesome. And that, and do all these things. But, but if you, if God was moving you, or you had the opportunity to go someplace where they have nothing that we think is necessary to have church, what could you take to have church? You can't box up a building. You can't take all the instruments. They don't have any power there. They don't have generators there. They, they barely have lights there. Do, hello. They, they, and, and everything. So what out of everything that, oh, man, we need, we got to have this, we got to have that. I'm glad we have all the stuff. I like all the stuff. I'm a stuff kind of guy. We, we, we use the stuff and all that. But it's not necessary to have church. But there are things that we get conditioned to thinking that everything has to be there. The only thing you could take with you really to have church anywhere in the world is the presence of God. The thing that makes the church is God and His presence amongst His people. That's what makes us the church. And that's what's so cool. You can take God with you anywhere in the world. He packs really easily. Amen. And so he travels with you very well. So think about that. And especially because we get so many things conditioned in our mind. And then we miss out on really on the fullness of what God has for us. So look at the cover of your outline. And our scripture text we are using here is based out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. We're talking about God's power revealed through spiritual gift. The will of God is that his church would be alive with his power. God's church is to be alive with His power. And that life is to flow through every member of the body of Christ, not just a professional class of ministers. The ministry is not constrained or restricted to or set apart to just a ministerial class. The ministry is the body of Christ, every member of the body of Christ, which is why verse 7 says this, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every Man to profit with all. That God gives the manifestation of himself by his spirit in to every person's life. He leaves nobody out. That's what makes the church so dynamic is that the church is a place of level ground and zero peer pressure. If there's peer pressure in the church because people brought it. But we live in such a comparative world. We compare ourselves to another. Paul says like this, you are foolish when you are comparing yourself one to another. And we don't think we have a good enough gift as that person or this person, or we think we should have a better gift or a better play. And we get caught up in just a secular mindset that gets thrusted into church and how we do church. But the Bible says that God, Paul's writing here, that God gives the manifestation of the Spirit to every man. If you go back up to verse 1, it's really kind of interesting because Paul says, my brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant 
concerning spiritual gifts. And I found every time Paul uses that phrase, I don't want you to be ignorant, he was politely saying, you guys are ignorant. You don't understand what's going on. So he he says, I don't want you to be misinformed and, and that. And there's a couple ways to be ignorant when it comes to the things of God. One, I can just say, I disinclined to know. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to know about A lot of people are like that. If I don't hear it, I won't be accountable for it. And so we, we disincline to know. But then the other is that I, I, I just, you know, give up. And so the other way to be ignorant is that I've just never heard. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I want to know. I just haven't heard. So Paul says, I, I know you guys want to know, but so I'm going to bring clarity and understanding to you. So he begins to teach them about God's will for his church. And as we read last week, church, really, the only place that you get a pattern for what to do in church is in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. There's no other place that tells you how to order a church service. There's no other structure. Amen. And so how do we operate now? And that's an anomaly to the church today. But he ends chapter, uh, uh, the, those verses there, and he says that the Holy Spirit, the manifestation is given to every man to profit with all, and that he distributes to each one individually as he will. Let me explain to you like this. God works in our life, and he says, I'm going to express myself through you, and I'm going to cause myself to manifest my life, my power through you, through these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, nine different manifestations, nine different ways that I reveal myself to others through your life. What we do in the church is we pick a gift because we think there are gifts. And people, my gift is, well, it doesn't say your gift. It says they are his gifts. Are you listening to me? And so we, we, we select a gift and we say that's not our gift, but he doesn't say that. He says the manifestation, which is a ninefold manifestation it can come through any, the Holy Spirit can manifest himself through any one of his gifts at any time through anybody's life as he wills. And so he gives to each one individually as he wills. Or to eat, he works in each individual's life as he wills, not as our will. The instruction that Paul gives us, and I'm kind of throwing a lot at you right here, but he gives us the instruction that we are to desire spiritual gifts. But he says, especially that you may prophesy because when you prophesy you edify the body so that our desire would be that the church or the body would be edified built up strengthened amen he says when you prophesy you bring edification exhortation and comfort to the body or that we would be individuals who would have care and concern for the body that we are a member of are doing all right And he gives us this ability to bring edification that God, through our lives, would edify somebody else through our life. Amen. So it's so exciting when we begin to dive into that. Look at your outline here, just the first part. And with our baptism and communion, we won't have time to go very far. But I want to cover a few areas here in the next couple moments. Look at this first statement. There can be no vital Christianity apart from the Holy Spirit. I want to just declare that to you today. There can be no vital Christianity apart from the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times you say, well, that's kind of a strong declaration, Pastor. Yeah, because this is a book of declarations, not suggestions. God does not make suggestions. He makes declarations. Jesus didn't say, I am a way, a truth, and a life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Deal with it. That's what he said. That's it. It's not a suggestion. He said, nobody comes to the Father except by me. That's it. 
But we have people today, well, you know, the Bible doesn't really mean all that. It means exactly what it means. Amen. Have you ever had somebody say, well, I know you said that, but you probably really don't mean that. No, I meant exactly what I said. Well, God feels the same way. He means what he said. Are you with me? So this is a confident declaration that we can make about the Holy Spirit. The church down through the ages has unlearned the Holy Spirit. The greatest need in every age and in every generation is spiritual power. Amen. Young people, what do they need to know? Young people are searching for something that is real. And they're being fed a bunch of baloney and a bunch of false things and a bunch of ideologies and illusions. And if they ever get a hold of something that is real, they'll give their whole life to it. Amen. And so we have a responsibility, especially as the previous generations who have gone before them, to lead them into a life and a relationship with God that is connected to His power, not just to our concepts. Are you doing all right? See, the reason that the church has so many today, uh, that, or so many today call it organized religion, doesn't work for so many, is because we have taken the spiritual life and power of God out of the church and replaced it with man's natural concept and practices. All the things we do in place of the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't need that. We have this. We have that. And so it's kind of like the, the, the disciples, when Christ is resurrected, they weren't really sure what to do. So the space of time there that, that they went back home and went back to fishing, went back to doing life naturally. They've been following the Lord. He gave them these instructions. But then the Lord appears to them on the shore. You read in John, uh, the, the book of John, chapter 21, and Jesus is there. They're out fishing. And Jesus says, hey, you guys have anything to eat? No, we haven't caught anything. He says, come on in, have some breakfast. And he's cooking for them. And then they're following him again. Then they're being commissioned to go to Jerusalem and waiting there. And, and the Holy Spirit comes. Are you with me? But they had gone back to doing what is natural. And many times we do that, we feel out of place, and we just start doing what is natural, everything out of our own understanding, instead of by the power of the Holy Spirit. So our goal is that we're pressing in to learn about the person, the nature, and the gifts and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Allowing God to breathe His life back into His body, which is the church, so it will once again be a living being. And so what happened when God formed man, he formed him, then he breathed his breath into him, the breath of his spirit, into man that he formed, and man came alive. The church is formed by God, and God breathes his life into the church. And if we don't have the life of God being breathed into us, if we're not alive with his spirit, then we're just like all of us, we're just walking in deadness. We're a living body, but we don't have life in us. The church today, like all of humanity, needs to be born again by the Spirit and to be a new living creature in Christ Jesus. See, we're to live by the Spirit. Once you get born again, you're a spirit being, no longer a natural man. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, we, from henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. So he said, we're spirit beings, so we're relating in the spirit one with another. And so our connection is to be in the spirit one with another. And we'll deal with a little bit of this as we move on. But I'm thankful for the promise of the Father and that he is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. The comforter is still being given to all in every generation and will continue to be given to the end of this age. How many would agree? So last week we kind of finished up here, and I just want to give you a little illustration and just a little more foundation before we really get into the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible describes God's kingdom as a body. It's there in your outline, 1 Corinthians 12, and it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so is Christ. For by one Spirit... 
We were all baptized into what? One body. Whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into what? One spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So there's only one body in the earth. Yeah, we have different churches and we meet and do different things. And, and I kind of look, I, I, I kind of put it like this. Churches are like restaurants. We're all serving food. We just have different menus. Amen. I'm doing all right? And so personally, I like mine a little spicy. If you're bland, there's plenty of those out there. But I like life with spice. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when it comes to that, we are one body. The members of the body are given set places by the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you have your Bibles, I want you to see it in your Bible. Don't believe something's in there because I tell you. I'm a really nice guy, and I try to tell you the truth, but I've been known to make mistakes. I listened to myself. I was preaching last week, and I, I was saying Ephesians chapter 4, and I was actually quoting Ephesians chapter 5. So you go and you read, go, well, that's not in Ephesians chapter 4. Well, at least I got you in there looking. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians 4, times not Ephesians. First Corinthians 12 and verse 18 says this. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So you're baptized into the body of Christ, and God sets you there. So let me just back the truck up a little bit this morning, and let's go back here. And we're going to make God God because God is spirit. Spirit does not have volume. Okay? God, by spirit, doesn't have volume. And so he can be up here and be all God just in the corner hanging out, and he's cool with that. Okay? Because spirit is there. So God, just as a reference point, is there. And then God decides, I'm going to make man. And he formed this man down here. And so he has a form of him. Then God says, I'm going to breathe my life into him. And he's going to become a living being. So he's formed. And then life comes. And the, and the man comes alive in that area. And so let me just ask you this. What does it really mean to be saved? What does it really mean to be saved? You didn't know God created you as a stick person, did you? <laughs> Amen. So with all this, so a living, we're living people and, and we're alive by His Spirit. And what happens is, is that God says, I will make you alive. And so man was originally alive. Then we know, we walked through it before, that Adam fell. And when Adam fell, what God said, God says, in the day that you eat thereof, you will die. And what happened is, is my spirit will depart from you. You will no longer be alive with my spirit. You'll just be a natural, soulish man. You'll just live by your soul. I won't be in you. I'll be outside of you. And, Paul, and, and God says, and, and so man became uh, affected by time. Amen? Time came into play. And, and man, so is life. But God created man to be eternally alive with him. How many know on the other end, where are we going? We're going into eternity with God. Amen? And so that, that's the redemption factor of that. So God says, when you're born again, God breathes. And we read it in John chapter 20. Jesus came into the room with his disciples. And he said, peace be unto you. And then he breathed in them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit or the breath of God. 
the Spirit of God breathed into the life of man, and man once again becomes alive in the Spirit. Amen? But then the Lord says this. So this is what I have. So people said, I don't like organized religion. Well, I don't either. So man does this, and he reads the Bible, and he gets a lot of great ideas. And the scripture says, this is what we'll do. We'll build buildings, and we'll get together in this building, and we'll talk about God. We'll share all our concepts, all our ideas, all our things, and we'll just talk all this stuff about God. But, but you know, God will never show up. And he'll, he'll never manifest himself, we'll never hear his voice, but we'll talk a lot about God, a lot of great things about God, a lot of great conversations about God go on in buildings. Are you with me? But the Lord said, I don't dwell in buildings, I dwell in men. I don't, I don't live in buildings, I live in men. So build me any building you want, I don't live there, I live in men. And church is not supposed to be a building, church is the body of Christ, where Jesus is the head and we are the body and the body is made up of, of, of us and we get saved and we just read that we are baptized into his body and God sets us there as members in particular in the body and so we're all set in this body called the church and the church is not a building it's a living body are you with me? It is the body of Christ. We're all members of one body. And so we are set there. But the problem with being members in a body, and so here, the inward work of the Holy Spirit is for regeneration of your spirit. And so he comes with the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? He brings love, joy, gentleness, temperance, peace, faith. And God says, I need to do something in you before I put you in here. Because if I put you in here without this in you, you'll get over here and you guys will kill each other. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to do a work in you over here and get you in the body. So here you're saved and immediately you're saved. You are baptized into the body. And then the Lord says the next thing you're supposed to do, that as a believer, you're supposed to come here. And we saw these young people this morning to be baptized in water because this, the water represents a grave and salvation means to die to the old man and to be raised up in newness of life. It's more than just a prayer. It is being raised in newness of life. People say, well, my Christianity doesn't work. That's because you're still the walking dead. There's a whole TV series about you. You're a zombie. Because you're morphed out of what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to die to the old man and be raised up in newness of life. And to live out of that newness of life. Well, I prayed the prayer. Well, you pray every prayer you want. But if you don't die, you're still the old person who just prayed a nice prayer. And it's something that, no, this is the decision nobody else can make. I'm a little bit ahead of myself because I believe we've made grace too cheap. We've told people, all you have to do to be saved is pray this prayer. Oh, that is not true. That is not scriptural. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount didn't say, everybody bow your head, raise your hand. Do you believe in me? Yeah. Repeat after me. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Thank you very much. He never had any. He didn't call Bartholomew up to play the harp while he gave the altar call. Are you with me? But we do all this stuff and then we tell oh, you're saved. No, but if you haven't died, you just pray a nice prayer. Are you doing all right? 
And so with that, but then the Bible tells us the next thing that happened in equipping us, then this little believer over here in his personal walk, he has this other experience with God that he's born again, he's alive unto God, but now he's got the work of regeneration on the inside of him. But God said it's not enough for you just to be alive. You need to be empowered and anointed by my spirit. So I'm going to give the promise of the Father is going to come upon you. Upon you. Here I'm in you. And now I'm going to be upon you. And I've been with you. I'll always be with you. And in this. But the promise of the Father is upon you. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come the gifts that we just read. Or speaking about. The gifts of the Spirit. Or the manifestation of the Spirit. Comes with that. I don't have to ask for the fruit of the Spirit. It came with the Holy Spirit. The moment I get the Holy Spirit, all of the fruit is on the inside of me. People say, I just can't help myself. I just don't have any self-control. Well, you need to get saved. Because the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. I don't have any joy. Well, then you need to get saved. Because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. I lost my joy. Oh, man, better find it. We've got two boxes of it up here. Praise the Lord. So we say all these things that contradict what God said he put in us. So because we're not supposed to live because the, the, the problem is, is, is Bubba here has now been spirit filled. But out of this Bubba, spirit filled Bubba over here. But when he got saved, he had an old man. And the problem is, is that this old man was a man of flesh. Okay? And so that man of flesh, he got born again. But now, and now he's filled with the Spirit. But in the same time, we find ourselves going back and forth between flesh and spirit. Because as long as you're in this flesh, you've got to deal with yourself. But what's easier, instead of dealing with myself, I think I'll just come up with religious concepts that take all the responsibility and put it back on me. And put it back on God. And make God have to do everything. And if God doesn't do it, then it must not have been His will. So I'll just say, everything has to be well if the Lord wills. Amen? But what we're doing is, is that, so what we've told people, we've taken salvation and brought it down to a very base level in that area. But Paul said it like this. Paul said, I... Die daily, or I choose by the Spirit. Paul said, walk in the Spirit. Walk over here. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? Walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Everybody is able to walk in the Spirit. When you get saved, God's Spirit is on the inside of you. But you have to die to yourself, die to your reason, die to your thought. And that's why the Bible says that we're supposed to have our mind. you got this old natural mind, but over here, the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. So you're choosing always between two minds. What mind am I going to live out of? And then we get over here, and what we do, and so what's happening today, see, this over here takes relationship. So then we come up with these concepts. Well, you know, I don't really have to go to church to be a Christian. I, I can, I'm, I'm saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost, talking tongues, I eat them all by myself. 
I do my own devotional life. I read my own Bible. I do everything. I, 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 I am saved. I do my devotional. I help people. I do all the things that I think will bring glory to God. And God said, I didn't create you to be an I. I created you and saved you to be a member. And the reason this is so hard to do, because God ordained that, there, that he would have one man in the earth made up of many members, and that man is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is in the earth in Colossians 1 as the head of his body. And God moves in our life by the Holy Spirit. And, and so that when it comes to a person, there's corporality and personality. Personality is, is, is all the attributes that make up our, us as a person. Corporality is our body. So the Holy Spirit comes, and he doesn't have a body. Jesus had a body, and he was, had the power and the anointing of God, so he had a manifest body. But the Holy Spirit says, God sends him, and he says, I'm going to give him a body in the earth, and this is the body of the Holy Spirit in the earth. The church is the body of the Holy Spirit. And God said, that's how I manifest myself. When Jesus was here, people went to him and acknowledged God was in him. But the church, people are supposed to come to church and acknowledge God is in us. Are you with me this morning? Woo! So, I'm burning up the chalk. <laughs> so watch what happens. Watch what happens. So here we have this glorious body. This glorious body. The members of the body are given these set places. The ears are made to hear. The eyes are made to see. The arms are made mighty to do all by spiritual gifts. How many of you, when your members aren't working right, you go to the doctor and ask what's up? Amen. I think God looks at Jesus every now and then and goes, what's up with your body? It needs a physical. There's some parts that need some help up in here. Amen. So, because the church without spiritual gifts is like eyes that don't see and ears that don't hear. So then the final step comes. The body of Christ. Jesus enters into his body by his spirit. Ephesians 2, we read it last week, but Ephesians 2 says that we are all built into this holy temple. And we're joined and fitly framed together. And when we come together, we create a habitation for God by his spirit. I said when the church comes together, you create this place that I will move into. And reveal myself and make myself known. Amen. And, but what we've done, see, if we don't have this, don't misunderstand me. I like all the stuff. Okay? I like our music. I like our life. I like we can make videos and share these. <laughs> Watching live stream, you should be here. Live stream is not an excuse not to go to church. Repent. Get in your car. Go to church. Amen. So anyway, if you're sick, God bless you. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Come to church next week. Amen. So anyway, but we, we, we have, a, I like all the stuff. Are you with me? I like all the stuff and doing all that. But what happens is, if we don't have the Spirit of God, we think, we need to add more stuff 
to our services. We need more stuff that looks cool and flashes and blings and ooh. <laughs> Amen. But and you can go ooh, but when you walk away, nothing happened. Amen. So we need, and we have to create all this stuff. But when you have God, that's why I say, you can go anywhere. Some of my greatest experiences have been in places where they have nothing around the world. And you just get together people, and they have God. Amen? i never forget when I read David Platt's book called Radical. He was talking about being with some home group pastors in China in a hidden church, just sitting in a hut with one light bulb hanging down in the middle of that hut. And these pastors are there. They're all pastors. And many of them have been in prison and been beaten for their faith. And they're just sitting there. He says, after our prayer time was over, he says, I got up. And from the circle where all they were sitting, there was just puddles of mud on the ground from these men just weeping before God and crying out for their people. That God would help them to be better leaders in taking Christ and sharing the gospel with their people. When was the last time you wept for people to be saved? Amen. There are people in huts in China and all over the world weeping while we're being entertained. Are you doing all right? Amen. Pastor, you're getting personal. It's my job. It's what I get paid for. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So watch it. The final step comes is this. Is that Christ entered his body by his spirit. He begins to make it operate as its head, playing upon the spiritual gifts and ministries like a minstrel on a keyboard. Bill, come on up and bail me out. But David, play the Holy Spirit. Give me some power. How am I doing? Or I could just be Bubba. I don't need to go to church. I just need to. Be one note Billy. Amen. Now see when I play it's pretty obnoxious. But when somebody who knows what the keys are set there for plays and knows how to connect the keys together and to bring each one's individual gift into harmony with the others, it moves from noise and chaos and confusion and tension into harmony, into music into something that causes peace to set down upon you, that creates an atmosphere that draws you in. And while the Lord is trying to play,
You got the pres- I'm not getting anything out of this service. I'm not being used. No. First of all, it's not about you. It's about Him. We're created for His glory. We're created to bring glory and honor for Him. Jesus said, Father, I, listen to what Jesus said. Father, Father, I have glorified you in the earth. I did what you sent me to do. Being a believer means that we're saved, redeemed by the grace of God, baptized into his body. And God says, this just so amazes me. That God says, he shows us all of creation. He shows us his splendor, his glory, his majesty, reveals himself to us. But he says, I want to be glorified by moving through your life. I, who can do anything and create everything, choose to be glorified by moving through your life. Will you bring glory to me by allowing me to move through your life. Well, I don't know. Let me think about it. Sign me up. Are you with me? Sign me up, God. You want to be glorified. Jesus, I have glorified you, Father, in the earth. Something powerful happens when we just say, Father, I want to glorify you with my life. It's not about me wanting to be in some special place or do something. I'm thinking about, we, we've gotten so long, we, we get so messed up, we want all of our preachers to be celebrities. Preachers were never meant to be celebrities. And you are not supposed to idolize men and women of God. This is not a fan club, and this is not a rock concert. This is not any of that stuff. This is the body of Christ. Are you with me? Well, I just love, I worship, oh, they're so awesome. If they prayed for me, my life would dramatically change. If you got saved, your life would change. Are you with me? So we think all this stuff. God works in our life in such an amazing way. This is what He does. I'll tell you what He does. God says, hey, there's some people that what I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to work in you. And then Jesus said before He ascended that He gave gifts unto men. And what He did, He put in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And He said, this is what you are. I have made you a gift to my body. I didn't put a gift in you so you could stand up and have a title and call yourself apostle, prophet, bishop, whatever. Bunch of flakiness. And the church is going after that. Well, I'm apostle so-and-so. Well, what? Oh, Jesus. I'm bishop this. I'm bishop that. Bishop just means overseer. It's not something great. It says anybody can aspire. If, you just, if anybody desires the office of a bishop, he aspires to a good work. But now we're giving bishop, and everybody's a bishop. Well, ooh, he's a bishop. Are you with me? So we, we've been secularized in our mindset. 
And I'm not diminishing because the gift of God. People are called. And what this means is the Lord says, I've given you. And now your life is to be given. You're no longer allowed to do this. People have asked me, say, you know, Don, you need to get involved in this and get involved in that. I said, I can't. I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a man of God. I can't be involved in that. I would love to have a side job, start a second business, do this other thing. But I'm called to be. Pastor said, hey, you know what? If you, I had one pastor tell me, hey, you know what? There's this great program and you get your people involved in this energy thing. And you get them involved. And it was multi-tier marketing. I got a lot of influence right here. I could go to the top pretty quick. Make money off of all you. And I sat across this desk and I said, I cannot prostitute the gift of God to make money. Are you with me? So I can't use influence to do that stuff. Are you listening to me? And so God gives gifts. But the gift is, is that the disciple says, we're, we're willing to be called and to give our life. And we'll do anything you call. We'll go wherever you want us to go. We'll be whatever you want us to be. That we are given to the body of Christ for the perfecting of the saint to do the work of the ministry. Amen. I'm asking you, are you ready for God to explode in our church like never before? I'm thankful for the, for, the, for the intermittent visitations that we have in our church. But I'm ready for the full-blown thing. Anybody else? I'm ready for the church to be the church. But listen, this is how it comes. Spiritual life comes at a price. It comes you making a choice. How many are tired of seeing people being sick and carry disease too long in their body? When the Bible says we're supposed to lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen? See, people held in bondage that they could be delivered. All these things. These things could happen. But it comes at a price. It means we have to deny ourselves and say, yeah, not just the preacher. That's what we've done. We want the preacher to go get all the anointing and then walk by so we can, he can walk by in a line and give it to us without us doing anything. You can get it for a moment, but it won't stick. Because you didn't pay anything for it. Are you with me? I want, man, I'm... <laughs> Stand with me this morning. See, I've watched people chase that. Over 37 years, I've watched people chase that. I said it in first service. This is what amazes me. Sue and I went in the ministry in 1981, 37 years this year, full-time ministry. I can count on one hand the number of times people have asked about our church and asked if God ever manifests himself in our midst. Do you have a children's program? Do you have a youth program? Do you guys do this? How big is your platform? I like to do plays and dramas. And da, 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 da. I told that person my platform's really small barely room for me up there. I get claustrophobic when I preach. Amen. So all they want to know if they could come here and do their thing. But nobody asks, does God ever show up? Does God ever manifest himself there? And to me, I'm just being honest. If he doesn't, we haven't had church. Amen. If I don't feel the Holy Spirit convicting me, drawing me, challenging me, then I miss God. And the only way God can manifest himself, he said, listen to what he said, the manifestation of the Spirit is not given to the preacher, it's given to every man. And so you, as an individual believer, as a member, somebody who's been baptized in the body, you have to hunger 
and desire spiritual gifts in your life. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, there's there's a gift in you by the laying on of my hand. You can receive an impartation, but you have to stir it up and activate it and operate in it. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, today I thank you. We're hungry to be your church, to truly be filled with your spirit, to be alive with your Holy Spirit manifest in our midst, for you to be glorified when we assemble. You know, as Jesus preached, he really had a simple message. He just preached, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And maybe you're here this morning, like Sean said, in communion. Maybe there's something in your life you need to make right with God. I can't pray that prayer for you. You pray that prayer to God in your life, on your own. Your your life, your commitment, you make that choice. The only thing I can do is give you an opportunity to move from where you are to a place and have a moment with God. Paul said it like this in Romans 12. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. See, God has always met people at an altar moves in our life. He calls us to a place of consecration to Him and dedication to Him and worship to Him. So maybe this morning God's pulling on your heart and you would want to move from where you are to this altar. Maybe there's something that you need to deal with and just in an area of repentance and setting that right with the Lord. Or maybe you're here today and you're just like me and you say, God, I want to glorify you in my life. I'm hungry to know you and your Holy Spirit at a level that I've never known before. And I'm just pressing in. And I'm moving from where I am to this altar just to declare that I'm pressing into the things of God. I'm going after you. Maybe you want to take that step. I'm just going to open this altar real quick. If you want to step out and you're hungry to press into the things of God, you need to move and clear something up with God, whatever, just move to this altar right now. Let's just take a moment just to pray before we walk out these doors today.